All right, so good to be here. Uh, I've never I've never talked and, and shared up here before for a, a full message. Usually, I'm doing the announcements, so um, I get to I get to share with you guys. And a couple people said uh, this week they heard I was talking. They're like, "What are you preaching on?" And I just kind of cringed because I don't like that word preaching. Uh, I prefer sharing and teaching and um, engaging with you guys. So hopefully, um, it'll be good and we'll we'll grow and learn together. But um, yeah, my name is Derek, and fairly new here, so I'm still getting to know a lot of you guys. Please come say hi, introduce yourself. Um, I, I do want to just give you a little back history about me and my family so you know where I'm coming from. Um, so my wife is from Rapid. Uh, we moved here coming up on two years ago. I'm from the Denver area. Uh, we've been married for 15 years, going strong, and uh, hopefully we'll make it to your mark one day. That's amazing. Um, and we have three awesome kids who are over there. You see them helping, running around, and serving in different ways here, too. So it's really cool that we have this family church and just to be a part of. But um, I told my wife at one point, probably early on, maybe we were dating or married, that I'd never live in South Dakota. <laughs> and here I am in South Dakota. I also told her I'd never drive a minivan. And this week our minivan hit 200,000 miles. So uh, God is kind of funny. has a sense of humor. And... Uh, Maybe don't tell them what you will and won't do. <laughs> um, but my background is in youth ministry. I've been, I've been in youth ministry for 20-ish years, uh, specifically skateboard ministry. I think some of you guys have probably heard about it. I've been running a nonprofit uh, skate church and skate ministry, skateboard park in Colorado Springs. And that's part of why we came here to continue this vision and, and, and dream. But I like to tell people that because you're just going to hear it come out of me. I've been dealing with young men rebellious teenagers for so long, and that was who I was at one point. So it's going to come out as I, as I talk. You're going to hear dude and bro and gnarly, and you're going to hear these words, and I'm just kind of bracing you for it, all right? My son gave me some, some advice today. He said, uh, don't talk like a skater, which that's not going to happen. And he said, say something funny. So that was some wise wisdom from my 12-year-old. So um, yeah, let me just pray, and we're going to jump into Acts chapter 3. Sound good? Father God, you are good, and we love you. Thanks for gathering us, Lord. It's such a blessing to be a part of this church and to be a part of your church and your family, Lord. I pray you would speak clearly through me, Lord. Encourage our hearts, challenge us, Lord, and grow us closer to you. And I pray we would just do what the Scripture's uh, telling us to do, to, to be open and obedient to the Holy Spirit just living and working through our lives. Amen. All right, so go ahead and find your way to Acts chapter 3. Um, if you've been on this journey with us the last few weeks, Acts is amazing. I, I really love it. And one of the reasons I love Acts is because it's stories of real-life transformation. And, and that's, that's why I was excited to come up here to share today. This is not my favorite setting in front of a camera and large groups. But I, just, I do get passionate about sharing God-transforming lives because that's what happened to me. So it's very... It's very personal. When your life has been changed, you want to you share with other people. Um, not to get into the whole story, but another like, background of where I'm coming from. I was not a church kid. I didn't go to church consistently until I was about 16 years old. Grew up in an alcoholic family, and just life was crazy. So when I was 14, 15 years old, the path that I was on at that time was not leading me here to being married and having a family and teaching and running a nonprofit. I can guarantee you that. It was leading me towards uh, jail, addiction, just hopelessness, a lot of uh, just not good stuff. 
But God intervened in my life when I was 16, uh, transformed my heart, and so here I am, you know. Uh, get to share about Jesus and some stories from the Bible today um, about how he's done that in other people's lives. As I was thinking about the two passages, or the, the two characters in this story, um, and how they are radically changed, I was thinking about a testimony I heard one time, and uh, it was just so powerful. I, this guy has a video on I Am Second, if you've never been to that website. I'll try to, I'll try to post it this week on Facebook, but it's for adults, just so you know. But um, this guy's story is so powerful, and I heard him at a conference, and the quick version is this guy lived his life like a rock star. He was in the entertainment business. He was actually a pastor's son, but he went and just lived it up. Um, sex, drugs, rock and roll, that was his, his lifestyle. He, he, in his story, he says like he's lapped the earth. He's just on laps around the world, touring, concerts, event, just huge stuff. Uh, and a part of that came an addiction to drugs and alcohol and pornography and all kinds of other stuff. And I heard him speaking at a conference one time. Uh, he was sharing how he got saved. He got saved in a hotel room in South America on a cocaine binge. And he had an encounter with Jesus. Life was never the same. He stole the Gideon Bible that's in the, the drawer, read it, and just was transformed. Okay, it's an amazing story. You got to check it out. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was once he, once he got home and he got sober and he was just reading the word, he started changing. And he, he kind of mentions uh, the evidence that he knew the Holy Spirit was working in his life. So this man walked into, after again, years of addiction, he walked into a, a liquor store and turned around and walk out, walked out and didn't buy alcohol, tobacco, magazines, any of that garbage. And he was just in shock because he was like, God, God is doing this. God is working. The Holy Spirit is real. And it's just a powerful story. So I definitely want to share that with you guys uh, this week. Um, but today, Acts chapter 3, um, we got a couple key characters and as you know, the Holy Spirit is the key character of, of Acts. It's just it's what we're talking about every week. It's, it's the church being built, the Holy Spirit just moving in big ways. And that's what we've been talking about. But we have Peter, and we have this guy called the crippled beggar. That's, that's, that's how he's labeled, okay? So let's real quick talk about Peter. We all know who Peter is, hopefully. Peter uh, started out, he was just a fisherman, right? When he met Jesus, he was fishing. He was, that was his career. That's what he was doing. And, and Jesus calls him, he leaves his boat, he leaves his, his career and follows Jesus, right? Uh, G, uh, Peter was at times very kind of reckless and quick to just act. And he was, he was eager and full of faith and he would do things, but he was also kind of doing it on his own strength. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys remember when Peter cuts the guy's ear off, the soldier, trying to protect Jesus? Uh, He's impulsive and he just acts, right? He also denies Jesus. So we see a lot of really good characteristics in Jesus, or in Peter, but we also see a lot of flaws, right? Because at this point, he's learning from Jesus, but he's, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit yet, and he's not fully following God. He's learning and he's soaking all this up from Jesus, but we can see after Acts chapter 2, when he gets the Holy Spirit living in him, he's a completely different person. And it's pretty amazing to see, right? And then the next character we have is the crippled beggar. And we're going to read the story, but real quick, I just want to talk about this guy, okay? The crippled beggar. As I was reading, I found out he was around 40 years old, so about my age. I've, I've lived good life. I've traveled. I've done a lot of things. I've climbed mountains. And I was thinking, this man has done none of that, right? He's been crippled since birth. He's never ran. He's never, you know, 
just just ran and jumped and been filled with joy and been able to experience uh, life in that way, right? He was completely dependent on other people. If this guy didn't get carried by his friends to go to the temple to beg for money, what would happen? Probably wouldn't eat, yeah? So completely dependent, right? Um, he had no freedom. He had no joy. He probably didn't have much of a future, right? I remember being in that spot feeling hopeless and looking at my future, and I just didn't see much for myself. And I bet this guy felt the same way, right? He has just always depending on other people, right? Probably hard to get a job, probably hard to get a wife, right? probably hard to do everything, right? So always depending on other people. So that's, that's the situa situation he finds himself in. And, you know, those are the, those are the two main characters we're going to look at. And remember, last week, what happened, last chapter, right? Peter shares the gospel for, like, the first time in front of a lot of people. What happens? Thousands of people get saved, right? So there's a movement. There is, there is some big stuff going on, right? So let's jump in. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. Is it up here? So I need somebody to be brave and stand up and read this passage for us really loud. Can, can I get somebody to do that? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for reading. You have a much better reading voice than I do. Um, so that is an amazing story, right? And it's really easy to just breeze through the Bible, right? We've heard the story before. It's awesome. Yeah, he's, this guy is blessed and he gets a new life and all that. But like, when I read the Bible, I really try to like put myself in the Bible. And like, if I was there, what would it look like? What would I have seen? What would I have been feeling? And you just need to stop sometimes and like dig into these passages a little bit. Um, you guys agree? Like, I just encourage you guys to like sit on some passages sometimes and, and really soak it up and see what's going on. So, um, Peter and John, you know, they're 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 cruising along, right? And they've probably gone to the temple many times. They've probably walked past this guy many times. Okay, but on this day, something was different, right? Something changed. So he's, they're walking to the temple, and they catch, they catch the eye of this guy who's sitting begging, okay? And we've all been there before, right? Have you guys ever been to the mall, and the guys that have the little booth in the middle, they're trying to sell you cologne and sunglasses and stuff, and you're just like, all right, I'm just going to like not make eye contact and just kind of cruise by? Because you know if you look at them, you're going to have to talk to them, and you don't want to talk to them, right? It's awkward. You don't want cologne and sunglasses or whatever else they're selling. So you guys have been there with me? Um, 
So this one's a little bit harder. How about when we're driving and we're on the side, we're parked at the stoplight and we see somebody holding up a sign and I'm, I'm guilty of it. So I'm, that's why I'm sh sharing this. Like we, I've done this. I've said, I'm not going to look. I don't want to engage. Like I'm in a hurry. I'm going to like look through my car like I'm changing the CD or looking for something. Like we don't want to always engage and get into these situations. But God is like tugging on our hearts to, to do this and to, and to be filled with compassion and to act. But there's many times that we just miss these opportunities because we're not looking for them or not ready for them. Um, so Peter at this time, is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with compassion. And I believe he sees this man now, maybe that he's walked by a dozen times or so. Who knows, right? But the point is, he locks eyes with this guy. He has an interaction with him. And something changes when you, when you like, get eye contact with somebody, right? You have their attention. And that, that's exactly what he, he has, right? He looks at this guy, and this guy's expecting to get some money, right? A couple, couple dollars, five bucks. And... And what does he get? He gets so much more, right? Um, so what's kind of cool is as we spend time with Jesus, we become more like him. We get that heart for other people. We get that compassion. We get those eyes to see the world as he sees it, right? Because like I said earlier, like when you're living for yourself, you're in a hurry, you're busy, you got baseball practice to get the kids to, you got... You know, you got work, you got meetings, and you don't even sometimes think to stop and help people when they're clearly all around us in need, right? Um, so Peter has this, has this chance uh, to talk to this guy. And what, what the guy's asking for, again, is a few bucks to get through the day, right? Is that, is that what this guy really needed? Like, it's helpful. Five bucks is helpful, right? It'll buy him lunch. It'll maybe get him to the next day. But what this guy really needs is, is Jesus. He needs hope and a future and joy, and he doesn't have any of that. So Peter looks down at him, right, and filled with compassion, I believe, and he, he reaches down and he grabs this, man hand, this man's hand, um, and a full-on miracle takes place, right? Um, pretty amazing to think about, and if you were there, think about, you know, Physically, what was happening to this man, too, you know, emotionally, like everything that's going into this passage, um, you know, he doesn't give him the money. He gives him life, right? And I'm reminded of uh, John 10.10. 10. Does anybody know that verse? Anybody? Yeah. So it says, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Right? Steal your joy, steal your life, steal your future. Physically, you know, even, you know, hold you down, not able to do stuff, right? But Jesus said, these are Jesus' words. John 10, 10, he says, But I have come that you will have life and have it to the full, overflowing, abundant life, right? So this man that was once dependent and uh, hopeless and just stuck in life, you know, 40-some years old, he probably didn't think anything was ever going to happen to him. My guess is he probably went to the doctors and tried to get healed and tried to get help, but still finds himself begging every day at the temple, right? And Peter offers him life and joy and a future and a career and freedom, right? And that's what he does to us as well, right? We were sitting around talking as, as a group of, of, of people who are going to teach and share, and I was reminded that we are, we are the beggar. We are the crippled man that comes to God and just... We ask for what we think we want and we think we need, but might make us happy. And, and sometimes God gives us that, right? But he gives us so much more. He gives us a future and a hope and a joy. And that's, that's what took place in my life too. Like 
I had no idea where I was going, and God has just, you know, poured out his blessings on me and given me so much more than I could have ever even thought, right? Um, so, back to kind of what I was saying. When you spend time with Jesus, your life begins to change. Who, who is Peter acting and sounding like? Jesus, right? Let's flip to Matthew 9, 35 and 36. I'm going to need another reader up here. Anybody else? It's not a long one. All right, awesome. Awesome. Thanks for reading. So, Jesus himself, right? Remember, he traveled by foot. He wasn't traveling in these nice buses with air conditioning from town to town and, you know, healing people and, uh, you know, had all these services and staying in nice hotels. Like, Jesus was traveling by foot in all these areas, and he was at times tired and needed a nap and a rest and food, and he'd see people, but he would be moved with compassion, right? Because he'd see them as, as, as sheep without a shepherd, right? This is the passage where he's talking about, I am the good shepherd. Um, and so he sees people, they're helpless, they're, they're struggling, they're in need, right? And that's what Peter sees as well, which is pretty cool. When you, again, when you spend time with Jesus, you become more and more like him. You get his heart, and you, you, you want to serve and help people like he did. Um, and we need more of that, for sure. Um. So the reason he, he has this, though, is because the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is now working and flowing through Peter, right? Before he was impulsive and he'd do things on his own, but now he has the Holy Spirit. So do you think that Peter planned this situation out? You guys ever think about that? Right? He'd just, he just been a part of this message where 3,000 people got saved, and Peter could have easily been like, you know, puffed up, like, look at me, you know, look what, look what I'm doing, Right? He could have gathered his disciples around and said, like, all right, you know, saw all these people get saved. Next week, we're going to start healing people. Next Wednesday, there's this guy. I'm going to try my first miracle. <laughs> no, probably not, right? Probably this was everyday life. He was going to the temple, and like I said earlier, he was filled with compassion and love, and the Holy Spirit was flowing through him, and instead of walking right by this guy, he decided to stop and give him his direct attention and offer him something that he has personally experienced as well, right? Um, so it's just, it's just amazing to see that that's what the Holy Spirit does. It changes our hearts, changes our, our desires. You know, we live life, like, out here on our own, right? We're, we're following our own desires, and God's over here in his path, and then slowly as we spend time with him, it's like, like we become, like, in tune with the Spirit and the Father, and then we get to live life with him. It's a pretty amazing thing, right? Um... So yeah, Peter's becoming more like Jesus. His uh, Holy Spirit's working through him. Now let's talk about the response of, of the beggar for a second. Um, it said that instantly his muscles became strong, right? So I studied, I didn't go to seminary. I studied kinesiology in, in, in school. And so I'm always like amazed at the body and how it works. And I got I to gotta study how your muscles and movement. And, and so maybe that's why I think about this stuff. But... You know, what actually took place when, when Peter grabbed him by the hand and helped him up and became strong? Like, 
physically, do you guys like ever think about this? Like, did his legs just start like popping out like muscles everywhere, like pop, pop, you know? You guys ever like sleep, take a nap and you like sleep on your arm wrong or something and it falls asleep and you wake up and you like let it down and you just feel like the blood rush to your arm? You guys ever have that experience? Okay, this guy's legs has never worked, right? This guy's legs were shriveled and no muscle hardly, right? It's called atrophy when you don't use your muscles. If you've ever broken your arm and had a cast for a while, you take it off, you're like, ooh. <laughs> like, look at my arm. You know, it's like tiny. It's because you haven't been using it. The muscles are not working. They're, they're actually like decaying, basically, right? And so this man, he stands up with his, with his scrawny little legs and I don't know what it would have been like, but I would have loved to see it. And I'm going to ask Jesus one day what happened if he just felt that blood rushing through and just pop, pop, pop muscles everywhere. be amazing. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe he kept his legs as they were so that everywhere he went, he would be a testimony of God's goodness in his life. I, I have no idea, but I think about that stuff. Um, but his response is amazing, okay? What does he do? He gets up. He praises God. He jumps. He runs, right? He doesn't praise Peter. You guys catch that? Like, he doesn't give the glory to Peter who just took him by the hand. Why do you guys think? He, like I said, he's probably been to doctors. He's probably been to other men that have tried to heal him. This was a miracle that was beyond men. This was something that God did through the Holy Spirit through Peter. And this man recognized it enough to where his first response was to not glorify Peter and praise him and praise a man, but praise praise God, right? And, and imagine the rest of this guy's life, everywhere he goes. He goes into the grocery store, probably always skipping and jumping and smiling, right? And he's always praising God for what he did in his life. Um, and Evans shared this a few weeks ago, like that's, that's our testimony, right? That's the one thing that we can always do and point people to Jesus through our testimony, right? We can get into debates all day long about the Bible, if it's real, how valid is it, yada, yada, yada. People can argue till they're blue in the face. But what they can't argue is what God has done in your life, in this man's life. Nobody can tell him that he wasn't miraculously healed through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, he's, he's seriously walking and jumping around now. So they can't tell him that. He experienced it for himself. Um, and I just love his response that he just doesn't go, you know, praising Peter. And um, let's, let's move on, okay? Let's, let's read uh, verse 11 through 19 now. This is a longer one, and I need another reader so I can get some water. Who's up? I mean, you, you had a really good reading voice. If you're up for another. All right. Thank you. Of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. 
By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Awesome, thanks. So Peter has another opportunity to be boastful and make it all about himself, right? He, at this point, he has the attention of the crowd. People have come over there. What's going on, right? He can address them, and he can be like, look, look what I did, right? Like, he could be very prideful, but his response is amazing, right? He points to Jesus the whole time, and he, and he just really puts it back on the crowd and says, this is what you've done, but this is what Jesus did. This is what you guys have done, but this is what Jesus did for you. And he, starts, he just preaches the gospel, right? It's another gospel presentation, and if you keep reading, you'll see another couple thousand people get saved, right? And so it's just a reminder for me, for us, that we need to, we need to be sharing the gospel with people, okay? Like, bottom line, we need to share the gospel. We don't do it enough. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh yeah, you know, God loves you, and just sugarcoat everything, but Peter, like, calls people to repentance, and I know when I even say repentance, people are like, ooh, that's a hard word. And it is. But if you love people and you see them going down a, a, a path that's leading to destruction, like, why would you not share a hope and freedom and love and joy in, in the gospel? All this that comes with it, right? And so I don't even know, I don't even want to assume that everybody in here knows the gospel and knows Jesus. And if you don't, like, this is a great opportunity. Peter just laid it out right? He just laid out our need for Jesus. We can do nothing on our own. The gospel is we're sinful, we're messed up, we're, 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 we're wretched, right? And that's us. And God is over here. He's perfect. He's holy. He loves us. And there's nothing we can do on our own strength to get to God, right? He made us. He created us. But we're separated by sin, right? Sin is what keeps us from God. So what does God do? He sends his son. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? Even if you've never been to church, you probably heard it, right? He sends his son that he loves to die on a cross so that we could come to know the Father, right? And it's an amazing thing, and it's hard sometimes to share it because, I don't know, we're just, we're, we need the Holy Spirit, really. Like on our own strength, we can tell people they need to get saved. We tell, share the gospel, but we don't have the Holy Spirit working through us. There's no power in it, right? The power is in the Holy Spirit, and so I just want to encourage all of us to, to look for those opportunities, right? If, if you don't know Jesus yourself, like, come to know him. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. We've seen over and over he transforms lives in amazing ways. And all we have to do is confess and repent. It, it's really pretty simple. We confess that God is real, that he sent his son and died on us. We repent of our sins and we turn back to God and we start pursuing him. And we mess up. We start going our own way again, and then we confess, repent, and turn back to God and continue to follow him, right? It's this beautiful story of God always pursuing us, and we never get too far out of his grip. Just like that guy that I, I told you about that story at the beginning. That guy was, that was the prodigal son. That dude was as far away from Jesus as you can get. 
But God was still tugging on his heart. He heard the Holy Spirit in a hotel room on drugs, right? And he responded and repented. So it's a powerful message to see that Peter does that. He calls, um, he calls people in the crowd to repent, and that's what they do. And so, you know, if, if I'm sharing the gospel right now, and if you've never done it, and if you want to, like, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. We all need to hear it. We all need to repent of our ways and turn back to God because he's a loving father. So, uh, yeah, come talk to me after if you've never done that, if you've never experienced that. Come talk to Evan or the leaders because it's a beautiful thing to be um, in relationship with the, the creator of everything, right? The God who loves us. But the only way we can do that is, is turning from our ways and following Jesus, his son, too, right? So, little mini gospel right there. <laughs> um, so, back to kind of wrap up the message, right? The Holy Spirit is working big time in Peter's life. The Holy Spirit has transformed this man's life, this crippled beggar, and, and God is exploding his church, right? The church is growing right now. There's, there's just power, and there's other signs and wonders that are happening. And so, you know, what do we, how do we respond to this? You know, do we just breeze through this message? Oh, it's all good, like God loves us. Or do we really get encouraged and challenged to be the church as this whole series is titled, right? We are they. To go out and to love and serve and share with people who need to know who God is. Um, and I would definitely encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in these ways. Right, we're going to talk about the blessing bag here in a second, and that's one way that we can do this. But I want to kind of close with a story from my own life where I've seen the Holy Spirit working through me. It wasn't me at all. And, and I stepped back from the situation just amazed because I was like, that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. And hopefully you guys have had opportunity or uh, encounters like this in your own life where you can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in your life. But... So I'll share the story, and you might be like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But to me, it, was just, it just transformed me. Um, it was just amazing. And I always look back on this one particular story as like when I really noticed the Holy Spirit working through my life. So I was in, I was in South Florida for a conference probably. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago because I just had my daughter. Um, and it was, uh, we, as part of this conference, we went out to this big outdoor festival to do kind of like some street evangelism to just be a light in a very dark city and culture. Um, if you've ever been to South Florida, it's very hot, beach climate, beach weather, beach clothing. Uh, actually, not a lot of clothing gets worn down in South Florida. And so we're at the beach. There's music. There's uh, skateboarding. There's beer. There's just, it's just this big outdoor wild festival. So we went down to be a part of this, and I was... I was skateboarding, and I'm sweaty, and I'm tired, and it's, this is called Midnight Madness, by the way. So this happens late at night, and you can imagine what follows. Like, usually not a lot of good stuff happens past midnight um, when you're partying and drinking and all that. So we're part of this festival, and at this point, it's late. I'm tired. I'm sweaty. I'm just going to go sit down, okay? I see this little half wall over, over here. Um, so I decide I'm just, I'm over it. I'm going to get away from people and I'm going to go rest and just watch from a distance. Um, so I go over, sit on this wall, watching the concert and the skateboarding happen. And right behind me comes this just flock, flock of young, beautiful, uh, 
ladies in bikinis and not wearing a lot of clothing, right? We're at the beach, and they sit right next to me on this wall. And if you know, some of you guys know this about me, I'm not a, uh, I don't like to get very close to people. This, this area right here, like this is my little personal space. Been social distancing for a long time. Um, I'm just not a touchy person, okay? Doesn't, don't like avoid me like the plague now because I tell you that. I'm just, you know, I don't like hugs, especially sweaty, gross hugs. But I, d I don't like people like invading on my space, basically. So I'm sitting on this wall, looking this way, watching the concert, and behind me, all these girls sit down on the wall next to me, and they're too close for comfort, right? It's an awkward situation already. Like I said, I'm bearded, old, sweaty guy. Like, I do not want to talk to these girls, right? I, and I, I was like, I'm just going to leave. So they sit down, though, but before I leave, I hear what they're talking about. And they are talking about the terrible decisions they're going to go on make that night. And like I said, it's party zone. They're talking about, you know, I'll spare you the details, but guys and drugs and just wild living, right? And I'm sitting on this wall hearing this and just thinking, like, like what a shame. Like, I hope my daughter doesn't turn out like these girls. And it was like, it was like immediate, like, conviction fell on me because it was like, I'm, like, judging them, you know? And then I hear God speak to me, and not in an audible way, like I'm not some weird spiritual person who hears James Earl Jones' voice in my head, or, or audibly, like, it's, it's just, it's the Holy Spirit, right? He's tugging on your heart, he's like speaking and whispering to your heart, that's the best way I can describe it, but it's like a whisper that's so loud that you can't deny it and turn from it, and he's telling me, okay, why don't you, why don't you share with them, you know? Why don't you share the gospel? And I'm like, all right, God, am I hearing you all right? Because, like, I'm hot and sweaty and tired, and the last thing I want to do is enter into this awkward situation. I, it's another thing about me. Not a big fan of awkward situations. So, you know, if you guys are, but to go talk to these young females who are not fully clothed, just, no, I'm not going to do it. And that's what I told God. And I'm fighting God in, in, like, the pit of my stomach. If you guys know what I'm talking about, when he's clearly telling you to do something and you don't want to do it, and you have this, like, back-and-forth battle, which seems like an hour. You guys know what I'm saying? And it's actually taking, like, probably 30 seconds. I don't know. But I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he just continues to tug on my heart, tug on my heart, shows me my daughter in my mind. And, like, you know, when you have kids, you start thinking about their future and what they're going to become and pray for them, you know. Uh, so finally, I, like, I can't deny it. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to talk to these girls. I'm going to share. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to do it. So I turn around, and I get their attention. And I just, I don't know. I have no idea what I said. I know I shared with them about Jesus. I know I shared with them that there's a better way to live, and he loved them, had a better plan for their lives. And it was, it was definitely awkward. But God gave me the, the compassion, the, the words, and the heart to share with these young ladies. And they were, like, floored. I mean, I thought they'd say, you know, like, say some nice choice words to me and walk away, or like, who are you, or what? You know, always think the worst. But they just listened. And I, I feel like they were convicted to the heart. Some of them were, like, nodding this, and they were thanking me for sharing this news with them. And I, I just left them with it, right? And I don't know what happened. I didn't ask them to, like, raise their hand and say a prayer and do all this stuff that'd be weird when you're in public and you're in bikinis and you know there's people drinking beer and partying around you so I just I just felt like I needed to share that with them from 
a father's heart, you know? And I left that situation, and I walked away in that night, like, just couldn't sleep, because I was like, oh my goodness, like, that wasn't me. Like, that was all you, Jesus. Like, you were, you were working through me, right? And who knows what is going to happen to, or what happened to those young ladies. Maybe someday I'll see them in heaven. I don't know. Maybe they decided to turn from some of those decisions and not go continue to party that night. I have no idea. But I feel like the challenge was more for me to be obedient and to listen to God. And what happened after that was on God, right? I can't change hearts. I can't, I can't make people turn from sinful ways and stop making decisions, right? All we can do is share with compassion and love Right, which is a very different message than standing up with a sign that says like "turn or burn" or "repent, you're going to hell." Right, like that. There's no, there's no heart. There's no love in that. Right. If God tells you to do it, you should still do it. But I feel like if you need to have the heart to do it as well, you need to have compassion for people. Right. And so that's that's what I want to kind of end with today, and I want to continue to challenge you guys to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives. Um, allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct your conversations, give you the words to say, give you the boldness and the courage to stand up, and you'll be amazed at what happens. Um, and so where's, where's these bags at? Let me get some water real quick. All right, so, you know, we've been talking about these bags. Evan just did a little plug for it. We need more stuff. It's really cool to see stuff even today starting to show up. What if next week that, there's that pile out that's just, like, overflowing? That would be amazing, right? So the challenge is for us to be the church, to put it into action, what we're talking about. It's very simple. Like, we spend 20 bucks or something on some items that we probably have tons of and, you know, aren't a big deal to us, but to some people these are very important, Okay. And, and the whole idea and thought behind this is to give these out, not out of uh, obligation, because we're up here saying we should do this as a church. No, like we want to give this out, and we want to only encourage you to give this out when you pray and ask the Holy Spirit how to do it, okay? There's no rules. There's not like, you know, you have to do this a certain way. The only thing we're asking you to do is to pray and ask God, like, who to give it to, how to give it to Maybe he says, you know, give it to somebody who you pull up next to, right? Maybe he says, slip a $50 bill in, the, bill in the bag as well, or a $5 bill. Or maybe you just sit down and talk to somebody. Maybe you pull the water out and give it to somebody who's running. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I'm just asking you guys to join this uh, challenge with us, because we're doing it too, um, to let God work through us in a very easy, tangible way. And I guarantee if we do this, like, there's going to be some pretty amazing stories that come from it. And it might not be that somebody gets saved and life is completely transformed and miracles take place, but maybe it's just for you. Like, I was obedient. I listened, and it was amazing. Like, I don't know. So I'm encouraging guys to be a part of that. That's what we're going to do next week, 5 p.m. We're going to meet here. We're going to lay out some tables and just kind of assemble these bags. We're going to pray, and then... On the, sun, the next day, Sunday, they'll be kind of scattered out here, I guess, maybe on your chairs, and you can take them home and do with them whatever God wants you to do with them. Uh, we're going to, uh, this is for kids and families. This is for everybody. This is a great thing to do with your, your family. Include your kids on this, you know. Uh, we're going to write little notes in the, uh, in the bags. And again, don't know what you want to write, 
Don't know what God is going to tell you to write, but slip a note in a bag and be a part of this, and then we're going to go out and hopefully bless the community, and hopefully it'll be eye-opening for what God does through the Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pray, and we're going to wrap this up and worship together. Father God, thanks so much for who you are, how you love us, you pursue us, Lord, nonstop. Um, we can never get beyond too far from you, Lord. You're always pursuing us, and I, I pray even today if there's people that are struggling, don't know you, they would um, reach out, come to, come to know you themselves, or, or, or come talk to any, any leader, any, any person, um, just to share more about how good you are and how you change lives, Lord. Um, and I pray that we would, as a church, Lord, as